0: The spotlight: Belarus and Ukraine podcast about news from Eastern Europe. On today's episode of our podcast, through cadet school into protests, Denis's story, suicides and extrajudicial executions in the Belarusian army. Our house has been working in Belarus since December 2005. It is a Belarusian public human rights organization, and our goal is the democratic transformation of the Belarusian authorities in a non-violent manner. If you like the podcast we release, subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, Deezer, or Google Podcasts. To stay up to date on what's happening in Eastern Europe, become a reader of our website. Our address is very simple, news.com house through cadet school into protests dennis's story today dennis lives in lithuania three countries have become his home countries belarus italy and lithuania it is a truly amazing story dennis was born in belarus his mother died when he was 8 months old and his father died when he was 5 years old Denis was placed in an orphanage for a year, after which a family from Italy took him in. However, when Denis grew up, he returned to Belarus, where he enrolled in a cadet school. He served two years there, but never connected his life with the security forces. In August 2020, he took an active part in protests against falsified presidential elections in Belarus. On the 10th of August, he was wounded by a rubber bullet in Pushkin Square in Minsk. He has had a scar on his side ever since. However, he then managed to evade the Belarusian security forces. On the 4th of October of the same year, Denis was arrested and spent 13 days in the remand prison in Akrastina Lane. Then he was charged under Article 342 Part 1 of the Criminal Code organization and preparation of actions that crossly violate public order or active participation in them Then, after the trial, he spent six months in a penal colony After another six months, he was able to leave Belarus for Lithuania, where he now lives, awaiting for the status of political refugee Tell us briefly, please, how and where you studied. I got into the Minsk Regional Cadet School in the town of Slutsk. I got into the cadet school, as they say, in a very simple way. I was still in foster family at the time, we had a little disagreement with them. It happened so that in order to get rid of that family in some simple way, I wanted to go to a school somewhere, say, a cadet school. All the paperwork went through and I got into the cadet school literally in the blink of an eye As an orphan I passed without any exams I just passed the psychological tests and passed the physical tests And that was it My whole life in the cadet school was 2 years I proved myself very well there exactly in life in the school because in the first year I started studying very well, actively participated in sports events everywhere and in different kinds of performances. After the first year I was promoted to the rank of senior vice cadet. Apart from that I was a deputy platoon leader in our platoon. By the way, the first year we went to the military exercises for about two weeks to a neighboring military unit. I kind of got a little bit interested in that. I was like, well, that's it, I'll finish cadet school and then I'll go somewhere else. That is, even then I wanted to tie my life to the military. Tell me, which department was this cadet school from? It was a state educational institution. I know that the police have their own cadets, the military has its own cadets. There are Suvorov schools, there are cadet schools, there are schools of the Ministry of Internal Affairs and the Ministry of Emergency Situations. In other words, there are four different spheres and structures. After Suvorov school, you can safely go to be in the military, but you already get a rank there, a private, an officer and all that goes with it. In cadet schools, it is simply, as they say, a sort of small offshoot of Suvorov schools, but it also involves gaining ranks. So, you get ranks? Yes, you start out as an ordinary cadet, but if you start to get well involved in the life of the school, then apart from that you start to receive some rewards, either ranks or some kind of discharge. In other words, everything had to go through the life of the school. My second year was very memorable because we participated in various events, KVN and everything else during our second year. Then after my sophomore year I got the highest rank that we could get at that time. It was the rank of senior vice cadet. Then we had our first and only cadet ball at that time in winter. Eventually, we started having such cadet balls, as I understand from the people I talked to, every winter. After the second year, I could no longer continue studying there because I was diagnosed with second grade scoliosis. I was told that I couldn't continue at the college and that I could only go elsewhere and that was it. What civilian qualifications were you given there? There wasn't a civilian specialty at the time when I studied there. Maybe they do now, but I don't know about it specifically. However, after having completed 4 years there, you could already easily decide where you wanted to go, either to the military academy or to the ministry of emergency situations or to the ministry of the interior. Or you can follow the civilian line somewhere else. So, it was like high school? Yes, it was like high school. So, do graduates of your cadet schools have any preferential treatment when applying to power institutions? Yes, of course. By the way, we got benefits in our second year when the law came out that if you, for example, finish your whole academic year with the grade 7, if you average grade 7.0 for the overall year, then you can simply be blessed to pass. Without any exams, without a CT, without anything. Just physical tests, standards, that's it. And you pass. I see. How did it work out for you? For me, unfortunately, things turned out very sadly. After my second year, I had to leave because I developed scoliosis, which made it impossible for me to continue. I had a great desire to join either the military intelligence service or the border guards because I was very good at school. I was very keen and wanted to join the power structure. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. I see. And how was the ideology presented to you at your institution? Were there any specifics? The ideology, well, what was there? Well, roughly speaking, the president, the state? No, there wasn't any emphasis on that. We were much more involved in all military training. Every day there were marches, so we had an hour of marching practice. That is, something concrete like preparation for military life. There was more emphasis on that, more physical activity. We used to go to the military range that was near us to hone some shooting skills, to hone some strength training skills. They trained us more to become military men. Even if, roughly speaking, a person realizes that the military is not his thing, he simply in the end says, well, why should I learn it and why should I do it, I'll just go and enroll in some university somewhere else. Still, even if he didn't want to do it, he was kind of, roughly speaking, forced to do it. You have to do it because you're likely to go to study somewhere else as a military man. Those who aspired for military life, they got more indulgences. Even the director and the people we had in the military, they paid more attention to such people than to those who didn't want to devote their lives to the military. That is, we were trained to become men and to become military men. Do you regret or not about the time spent there? You know, to a certain extent I do, because, after all, I'm very observant. I talk to a lot of graduates, to someone we studied together. And they followed the military career, military activity. Someone joined the police, someone went to the emergency ministry, someone to the military academy in general. I communicate with these people and they just say to me when they find out that I was in prison for all the protests. Why did you need to do all that? You see, it didn't work out anyway. Or something like that. I say to that man. Do you remember when we were just sitting at each other's desk helping each other and now you are telling me that I am such and such bad person? When you say that, the person reacts a little differently. He starts, roughly speaking, slinging mud at you down from head to toe, making a bad person out of you. I managed to take the good out of that period, two years. I can say thank you to the cadet school for making a man out of me. Tell me, when Lukashenko goes away, when this nightmare comes to an end, when there is a new Belarus, would you like to build on the experience you have gained to make a career in the law enforcement agencies? Would you be interested? I'll be honest, yes, if there was such an opportunity, of course. I still have a desire to go to either border guard or the intelligence because it's very interesting for me, especially military intelligence. Everything there is to be taken from it, some winter hiking, reconnaissance. It was all interesting to me and still is. If the regime falls and it all starts all over again, of course I would like it. Tell me, are you the only one from your course who took part in the protests and decided to break with the system or not? To be honest, I don't know about that. I know about myself that yes, I came out to express my opinion, but I have not asked the others who I am in contact with. Maybe some have protested, maybe not, I don't have any specific information. Would you like to go back to Belarus when the regime falls and there is a legitimate government? To be honest yes of course i would like to you see i would like it anyway if we speak about the experience of those people who roughly speaking came out against us and beat us they are the people who have been in the system with lukashenko for their whole life when you realize that this regime no longer exists you have to find new people take over and do everything from the beginning and do what the security forces should really do Not beat up, but actually take the side of the people and protect them. Of course, I would really like to do that. I hope that these words that I'm about to say will reach everyone. The security forces we have now are not defending the people. They are simply trying to survive so that the regime does not fall. They are ready to cling to it and right now they are clinging to it. However, once it's all gone, it will be the time for a new structure to be built, new law and order units to be recruited. I believe that when a certain situation starts in the country and people come out against the regime again, the law enforcement will stand up and come out with the people that it will not be like it happened in 2020 when half of the law enforcement agencies and even the military did not want to take to the streets with the people Suicides and extrajudicial executions in the Belarusian army Belarusian army might as well be called a place of imprisonment People get there for a year, a year and a half, are deprived of all means of communication, encounter propaganda, torture, prohibitions, and rare family visits. For example, if they find a mobile phone on a soldier, he will be punished by 15 days in a solitary confinement cell. Unfortunately, the prison-like atmosphere, humiliations, and abuse lead to suicides and extrajudicial executions in the Belarusian army. Every young man in Belarus is obliged to serve in the Belarusian army if he has no medical contraindications or official deferment. People with higher education must serve for a year, without higher education – for a year and a half. The conscription into the army is conducted twice a year, in spring and in autumn. Every year about 10,000 young men are called up to compulsory military service in Belarus. Almost every year we get news about suicides, suicide attempts and extrajudicial executions in the Belarusian army. On April 13, 2005, in the military settlement of Pechi in Borisov, Three months after conscription, Maxim Kajeka died. Before committing the suicide, Maxim weighed AWOL from his military unit. He was found the next day in a forest 6 kilometers away from it. The soldier hanged himself on his own belt. A farewell note was found in his pocket, in which he asked to forgive everything. In June 2006, in the military unit in Peche, the soldier Alexander Sombrin died. According to the official version, he was painting the ceiling and the walls in one of the buildings of the settlement when, allegedly through inadvertence, he fell down from the height of more than 2.5 meters. Alexander had been in a coma for 11 days before he died. The forensic report said that the soldier had multiple fractures of ribs, skull, jaw and a brain concussion. The findings do not allow to make a univocal conclusion that the injuries were obtained in the result of one fall. On May 4, 2007, in the military unit in Vitebsk, Pavel Kozik was killed. The parents were told that the cause of death was acute ischemic heart disease. A year and a half later, fellow soldiers of Pavel Kozik demobilized and decided to tell the truth. On that day, Pavel got hit in the solar plexus by another soldier Because of that, the private Kozik fell on his knees showing no signs of life He did not breathe There were no signs of cardiac activity No blood pressure His pupils did not react to light There was no pulse There was fecal discharge The soldier who hit Pavel was found guilty and sentenced to six months of home arrest On December 18th In 2008, 19-year-old Anton Dolhalov perished at a military shooting range under Rechica. The soldier was patrolling the district center, being on service in GOMIL military unit 5525 in the police internal troops. He had one month left till discharge. According to the official version, the soldier slipped up while changing firing positions and accidentally shot himself on the head. However, Anton's parents do not believe in that. On April 8, 2009, in the military unit near Zaslaul, the soldier Valeriy Škut died. The initial and main version told to his mother was that Valeriy went to have a cigarette in the gazebo, felt bad, and died. However, hematomas were detected on the body of the young man. A criminal case on the charges of involuntary manslaughter was launched. A year later, the case got to the court. Ten soldiers were convicted for hazing and murder of Valery. Not a single person of the overhead personnel was convicted. On August 26, 2012, in Vitebsk, a 22-year-old soldier of the 103 Airborne Division Jochen Rudak was found hand. Jochen had served in the army for three months only. The main version was that he committed a suicide in the toilet. Not long before the tragedy Jochen talked to his friend on the phone. He said that he had been beaten by four people and asked the friend to come visit him as soon as possible or he'd get killed. The psychological evaluation said that Yeohyun was introverted and suicidal The investigation committee joined the case Criminal proceeding was opened for incitement to suicide Several soldiers and surgeons were convicted On April 11, 2013, during a shooting from a grenade launcher in the military unit 04147 The 20-year-old soldier, Maxim Karachun, was killed By that time he had served for four months only, it was his first shooting experience. The decision to open the criminal investigation stated that the weapon that killed Maxim was faulty from the start and should not have been admitted to the shooting training. The defendant in the case was the senior lieutenant Alexander Volkov, who was the acting heavy rocket launcher platoon commander in the Minsk district of Uruce at the moment of the tragedy. Volko was found guilty and sentenced to 2 years and 6 months of imprisonment in a Correctional Colony Settlement On the 1st of September 2013, in Peci, 18-year-old Vladislav Yahatkin died The young man had served for only 3 months The official cause of the sudden death was ischemic heart disease Vladislav's parents say that in the last days before his death, their son was strongly complaining of high blood pressure. Uladislaw had served for only a few months when they brought me the body of my son in a coffin in rubber flip-flops. One could see he had died suffering, his teeth were strongly clenched like from tension, the capillaries were damaged all over his forehead. It had never happened before. His lip was black. The blood vessels were bursting in his right eye. Ludmila Yagotkin, the soldier's mother, told. Also, she was astonished that her son had been taken to the army, considering his state of health. Still, before the army, he was in hospital for the treatment of renovascular hypertension. He had had problems with hypertension since school, although they had not put him under medical surveillance as a hypertensive patient. According to the mother, the son did not complain of any beatings in the army. However, from what his fellow soldiers said, Vladislav was often woken up at night, made run in a gas helmet and put an enormous strain on his heart. On the 21st of March 2015 in Borisov, the 22-year-old army conscript Mikhail Bevzuk died. He was found hand in the territory of the military unit. His family believes it could have been incitement to suicide. Two days before his death, Mikhail called his brother and asked to visit him during the nearest weekend. On the 4th of August 2016, in the military unit in Pechi, the 23-year-old soldier Sergei Murugov died. In the military unit they said he shot himself at the firing range during the training and called it a suicide The relatives are confident their son was incited to suicide During the military service Sergei became very anxious, he often called them in tears Also, he often asked to send him money, and the sums were significant. They were noticing bruises on the son's body during his weekend home visits. No criminal investigation was opened due to the lack of corpus delicti. In October 2016, in the military unit in Lida, the conscript Andrei Manonin hung himself. Before his death, Andrei had served in the army for five months. One evening, his fellow soldiers found him hung in a barrack toilet. The Investigation Committee initiated criminal investigation for incitement to suicide. The investigation was suspended, then resumed on several occasions, but in the end it was dismissed. The relatives of the deceased soldier are confident the reason he died was hazing in the army. Their most strong argument is the suicide note in which Andrei blamed specific people. Soon after the death of Andrei Manonin, his mother started getting phone calls with threats and demands not to tell anything to the journalists. On the 10th of February 2017, in a forest, the body of 19 year old Pavel Starenko, serving in Borisov, was found. He had been missing from the military unit for three months since November 2016. Suicide was proclaimed as the main cause of death. An investigation was carried out, his fellow soldiers and relatives were interrogated. The findings of the investigation remain unknown. On February 18, 2017, in Pechi, the conscripted soldier, Alexander Statuyev, died. On the morning rise during the lineup, the soldier felt unconscious. The measures for resuscitation failed and the doctor pronounced him dead. The announced cause of death was acute cardiac failure for the reason of ischemic heart disease combined with small focal serious myocarditis. All the detailed information has been carefully concealed from the relatives. On the 31st of March 2017 in Pechi, Artem Bastuk died. The 25-year-old software engineer was serving in the military unit in Borisov. A day before his death, Artem called his parents, asked them to forgive him and said goodbye. The worried parents immediately called the command of the military unit and asked them to deal with the situation. They assured them that their son was going to be okay Three weeks before Tom's death, his parents came to the military unit to meet the leading officers. At that meeting, in the presence of his parents, Artom Bastuk told the commanders about cases of hazing and listed names and surnames of those who were pressurizing him. After Tom's death, the investigation committee started an investigation. Half a year later the case was closed and nobody was punished. On the 4th of October 2017, a news appeared in the Belarusian media about the death of a conscript soldier of the 3rd Training Tank Company in the military settlement of Pechi in Borisov. 21 year old Alexander Korshich was found hanged on a trouser belt in the basement of the medical unit. Alexander's family refused to believe in the official version of suicide and passed post-mortem photos of him to the mass media. Hematomas were clearly seen on the photos. His family also said that during his service in the army, Alexander was extorted money from and threatened with physical violence. In the summer of 2017, Alexander started asking his mother to transfer money to his banking card that had been taken by a warrant officer. On the 17th of September he got to the medical unit to treat acute respiratory infection and on September 26 he was dismissed and went missing. On the 19th of April 2018 the investigation committee announced completion of the investigation. Having examined the version of suicide, incitement to suicide and premeditated murder, the investigation came to the conclusion that Alexander had been incited to suicide by the surgeons of his military unit. Three surgeons were found guilty of Alexander's death and were sentenced to 6, 7 and 9 years of imprisonment. However, Alexander's mother was not satisfied with the sentences As a number of facts proved, her son had been murdered and not incited to suicide On the 4th of April 2018, allegedly during the planned firing training sessions because of the violated security requirements, 20-year-old Dmitry Udod was killed He got shot from a tank machine gun the tragedy happened in the 120th Separate Mechanized Brigade in Uruchia, a district in Minsk. Dmitry Udod had been a witness in Alexander Koršić's case. Before the army, he graduated from the vocational school in Moser and became a plaster painter. Then he worked at a collective farm at a meat factory and several times went to work in Russia. On the 5th of September 2018, in Slonim, the conscripted soldier Alexander Arlov died. Before death, the young man called his mother several times and discussed what he would do after returning home. The family was collecting documentation to invalid him out of the army. Alexander's mother said that the son had been constantly asking for money, but never said why he needed it. The woman became suspicious that he encountered hazing and asked him directly about that. Alexander answered, I cannot say anything, they are listening. In the first months of the military service, the young man complained of psychological pressure. When they went to Minsk for two weeks to prepare for the parade, Alexander called from there and complained it was worse than in Slonim. He made a hint he was being beaten. On the 5th of September Alexander talked to his mother for the last time and in the evening he was found hanged in the street cleaning equipment storage room. There were two traces of cords around his throat, one of them from strangulation. Alexander's mother believes he was first strangled and then hanged. When we took him from the morgue, we saw a hematoma on his right elbow and on top of his right palm. Probably he was trying to defend himself with the tongue. They refused to show us the back of our son in the morgue. We were in a shock. They held me under my arms to take me out. We did not think about insisting more, she recalled. The investigation committee refused to initiate a criminal investigation for the fact of the death of a serviceman. Investigators came to the conclusion that Alexander hanged himself because he could not endure the difficulties of the military service. His mother never got the answers to her questions. Why there were two ligature patterns? Why there were anti-mortem traumas on his body? How he had got into a locked premises? and why he killed himself if he had not had any suicidal thoughts On the 8th of September 2018, in a forest near Grodno the body of 26-year-old conscript Sergei Yosukevich from Slonim Garrison was found There was a suicide note on him He had two months left till discharge his relatives said Sergei had asked multiple times to transfer money to his bank card. The army said the suicide was not connected to the military service. On the 2nd of June 2019, 20 year old Fyodor Bunas, who was serving in the army under a contract, committed suicide. The serviceman took a lot of medications and went outside where he suddenly fell ill. Somebody called an ambulance, but the doctors could not save the soldier. The media found out that the day before he had quarreled with his girlfriend. The indicated cause of death was drug-induced stroke. A month before his death, Fyodor had been found guilty of hazing. The serviceman had positive characteristics at Grodno garrison, performed his duties in good faith and was planning to become a warrant officer. On the twelfth of june twenty nineteen, in the military unit of Branovici, the soldier Dmitri Hansevich unexpectedly died. Dmitri's fellow officers found him unconscious in the locker room. During the conducted investigation, it was allegedly detected that on the eleventh of june All the servicemen of the military unit 7404 were sent to a square at 2 pm where they were forced to do physical exercises for two hours in the temperature over 30 degrees Celsius. On the 13th of July 2019, at the 11th Mechanized Brigade in Slonim, the conscript Andrew Mollis attempted suicide. He had been called up to arms in November 2018. The young man slides open his veins doctors managed to save him. On the 23rd of July 2019, Andrei Shcherbako, a private of the reconnaissance battalion of the 6th Guards Separate Mechanized Brigade, based in Grodno, sliced his veins open. The soldier had been serving in the army for two months and could not endure the hazing. The young man was saved. However, Private Shcherbako, who cut his veins open due to hazing was then promised to be sentenced to 7 years of imprisonment under Article 447 of the Criminal Code of Belarus for evasion of military service by self-injury or by other means. On the 20th of November 2019, 19-year-old Ruslan Zaitsov was found dead in Mozarsky border detachment. The Border Committee voiced a version that the soldier committed suicide by shooting himself His relatives do not believe that, they think Ruslan was inadvertently shot and killed Their son's fellow soldier, who he had been going to the checkpoint with, suddenly disappeared In the military unit, they said, he was transferred to another unit The investigation committee rejected the exhumation of Ruslan's body on the 8th of June 2020, a 20-year-old serviceman of an anti-aircraft missile brigade, Sergei Voloshin, died from a gunshot injury. He had served in the army slightly over six months. It turned out that Sergei locked himself in the weapons room, shot and deadly wounded himself. Before that, neither his behavior nor mood seemed suspicious to his friends. He behaved as usual, followed the news, watched web streams, listened to music. It is known that Sergei did not want to serve in the army, but he could not avoid it. Before the army he studied at a chemical and technology college on the specialty technology of woodworking industries and then worked at a factory. He was not very interested in socializing, but had a lot of online friends with similar interests. Sergei understood that he was not good at every task and, by certain indicators, was worse than other soldiers. The trial on the case started in February 2021. The defendant was the 24-year-old contract serviceman, chief of the Section of Receiving and Transmitting Devices of Radio Technical Company, who had not controlled the safety of weapons and day duty. On the 15th of January 2021, a serviceman of Pinsk Border Guard Detachment attempted gun suicide while on duty. The 20-year-old conscript had been in mandatory military service in a border patrol. He had positive characteristics at his place of service. The day of the tragedy, he was on guard duty for border strip entry control. Fortunately, the suicide attempt was not successful and the soldier was saved. On the 25th of January 2021, another suicide happened in the Belarusian army. A conscripted soldier shot himself in Smargoni. He was 18 years old and served in the military unit ensuring security of the Belarusian nuclear power plant. The serviceman was on guard between power units of the plant and shot himself in the neck out of the government-issued weapon. On the 19th of February 2022, in one of the military units of Grodno Garrison, an incident happened. A 19 year old serviceman, a conscripted soldier, was wounded. As the press service of the Ministry of Defense informed, the incident had happened in the result of breaching regulations relating to the management of weapons in a place of permanent deployment of one of Grodno Garrison military units. The next day, the young man died in the intensive care. What conclusion can we make? Service in the Belarusian army is not an honor anymore. It is a fear to be killed in the result of an accident, inaction of the commanding officer, a wrong diagnosis, or hazing. Now there is another danger that the Belarusian soldiers are facing to die in a foreign land, in the result of the warfare launched by a foreign dictator, and come back home in a zinc coffin. Nevertheless, we hope that thanks to our campaign, no means no, we will manage to prevent our young men from dying in Ukraine and in Belarus. That's all for today. If you like the podcast we release, subscribe for free on iTunes, Spotify, Deezer or Google Podcasts. To stay up to date on what's going on in Eastern Europe, become a reader of our website news.house.